Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. It's a little bit longer of a gospel than we're used to, huh? Church is trying to get you into Holy Week shape, right? Get you the, get that blood flowing, right? No one's passing out during Palm Sunday on my watch. All right. All right, friends. So if you were here for Father Ryan's mission, uh, you know it was an incredibly blessed three days. If you weren't here, it's all still online. Our YouTube page, also the talks, the audio versions are all on uh, the Slaking Thirst podcast. So I really want to encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to it. It is it was, uh, it, was, it was exceptional. All throughout the mission, he led us at different points, the different nights, through these different sort of very powerful meditations. Um, I'm over there with the clicker just like crying, you know, it was just incredible. He wanted us to encounter the living Jesus, right? He started the whole night, the whole mission by referencing Mother Teresa, her Varanasi letter to all the heads of the different communities of the missionaries of charity, these women, she says to them, I'm afraid some of you have still not yet met the living Jesus, one-to-one, you and him, alone in the chapel, in your hearts. Right? There's a difference between the Jesus of theology books that we come to know in our heads and the Jesus, the living Jesus, who like shows up with kindness and curiosity and questions. The Jesus who speaks in and to our hearts. In those meditations, Father Ryan at different points would use this uh, phrase as he's inviting us to engage our hearts. He would ask this question. He would say, how does Jesus seem to you right now? Such a powerful question. How does Jesus seem to you? The reason I was so struck by that particular way of phrasing that question is because I think I think many of us, myself included, you know, carry this deep, unconscious thought that if I were to get real with the real Jesus, if I were to let the living Jesus engage those parts of my heart, those parts of my story that I'm embarrassed about, ashamed about, that I keep hidden in the dark, then the living Jesus would seem disappointed, agitated, frustrated. He would seem angry. He would seem like he wanted to reject me. But the truth, right, the living Jesus, the truth of the living Jesus is anything but that. This gospel that we just heard uh, from John's gospel, this incredible, beautiful gospel. By the way, if you were looking in the book, if you felt lost, if you felt confused uh, for the readings, we were doing the cycle A readings this weekend here at this Mass because it's the first scrutiny. First scrutiny, you always do the cycle A readings. So if you felt confused, that's why. You weren't crazy. All right. This gospel is, it's an icon, it's like, it's a tableau, it's a snapshot of the authentic heart of Jesus. It's an image of like, what happens every time that we come to the well, we meet Jesus at the well of prayer, the well of reconciliation, confession. The the catechism describes prayer exactly in this way, in this gospel. In prayer, Jesus waits for us at the well of longing and desire with his thirst for us. Paragraph 2560. In the scriptures, Jesus is referred to, even before he was born by Zechariah, when Zechariah finally his mouth is let loose after his nine months of silent treatment, Zechariah looks at Mary, her swollen pregnant belly, and he says about his son who was just born, that my son, you're going to be the prophet of the Most High. 
You will go before the Lord to prepare his way. God, who is the tender compassion, is about to dawn a break upon us. That Jesus is the tender compassion of God. That's who he is. That's what he is. In this encounter with this woman, this unnamed Samaritan woman, and anytime you run across someone in the scriptures who's unnamed, you put your name there. This is you. This is me. This is our place in this story. Jesus has this encounter with this woman in her shame, in her isolation from community. She comes to draw water from this well, not with the other women of the community, not in the early hours when it's cool, but she comes in the heat of the day at noon. She comes at noon because she wants to be alone, because she knows that her life's in shambles, she knows her life's a mess. And here's the thing, Jesus comes there, he anticipates her, he's waiting for her by the well. And like when she shows up, he's not thinking like, oh gosh, I didn't think you were going to be here. I thought I was looking for that other girl who was like really holy. Like he knows, he knows that she's going to be there. He knows her heart. He knows what she's bringing with her. And he goes there. And it's like notice, right? Notice how he seems. Notice the kindness in Jesus. Notice the curiosity of Jesus. Like he knows our hearts, Like, he knows of what we're made. He knows the pain. He knows the wounds. He knows our sin and shame. He knows, like, even before she arrived at the tomb or arrived at the well, like, Jesus knew, Jesus knew what she was carrying in her heart, in her heart, these five men that she's been with, the one she's with now, not her husband. He knows that she's been taking her longing for love and affection and attention to all these men. He knows what you and I have been up to. He knows our hearts. When we come to sit down and pray, when you go to adoration, like there's not like, I sometimes think that we get this image that, uh, that like Jesus might not be aware of what's going on in our world. Like there's a lead roof on our soul that he can't, he's like, man, I wish I could look in there. What's going on down there? He knows. Remember how he says, I'm with you always. I'm with you always, meaning I've been with you. I was with you. I was with you when you were five years old and your dad exploded at you. I was with you when you were little and on the playground and you were made fun of because of your hair or your ears or your eyes or your body. I was with you when, like, you were picked last and that really hurt your heart. I was with you when you were first exposed to pornography and that addiction set in. I was with you when you broke your vows. I was with you when you stepped into that abortion clinic. I was with you, he's saying. I've been with you. I know it all. I've been with you in all of it. He knows our hearts. He knows what's in there. And he presses in. And he waits for us. He comes to us. Like, and his approach to us is not violent. It's not like a SWAT team. He's not kicking down the door of our hearts. It's gentle. It's tender compassion. He says his mission statement from Isaiah, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. He comes like we hear in the, in the Eucharistic prayer. He comes like dewfall. He comes, like Pope Francis says, like a nurse tending wounds. He asks questions. He's curious. He says, give me a drink. And this woman, as she feels him pressing into her a little bit, like leaning into her heart, she, this woman, just like so many of us, when we feel someone pressing into those more tender places, she pulls back. The defenses go up. The defenses go up. And Jesus looks at her and just like begging if you only knew the gift of God and who's asking you for a drink. Again, the tone. It's not if you only knew who's talking to you, lady. 
It's the tone of a beggar. It's the tone of a lover. Only If he only knew. And Jesus, being so immensely patient, he's saying, I will wait for you. Like, I, I'm not in a rush to, conv- like, I'm not angry or disappointed that, you're, that you're, your heart's so scared and skittish. Like, I will wait. I'm patient until you finally trust that you know that I intend to not hurt you. I intend to put mercy into those wounds. And she says to him, right, she changes the subject. She says, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us everything. It's interesting. I was, I was really stuck on that line. Like, what did, what did the ancient people, especially Samaritans, think by that phrase? That he's going to tell us everything. Like what? Like the, like the other ancient Near Eastern mythic religions. The, like, he'll tell us the secrets of the universe, the deep mysteries of how things came to be. He'll tell us, like, these profound spiritual insights. He'll tell us who built the pyramids and who shot JFK. Like, he's going to fill us in on all that stuff, right? Like, no. Isn't it fascinating that that when the Messiah shows up, what he's interested in talking about is not these esoteric things. He's interested in telling us about our hearts, right? This woman, after Jesus has laid bare her heart, and she, like, like, sweetie, I see the five men. I know it. I know what you're looking for. He lays her heart bare. She encounters his mercy. She encounters this look of love in his eyes. She runs into town and she says, come and see a man who told me everything that I have done. He told me about my heart. Like, as Father Ryan was just preaching this parish mission for us, like, Jesus is enraptured by our hearts. Like, your heart, he wants to engage your heart and talk to you heart to heart. Your memories, your stories, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, like, the stuff that moves you, the stuff that breaks you, the stuff that that makes you recoil. He wants, to re- like, he wants to retell your story to you, but truly, this is the problem. So many of us, when we look back on our lives, the narration of our stories, it's not the voice of the Father, it's the voice of the enemy. There's so many layers of accusation and condemnation and shoulds that permeate our stories. The Lord is saying, I want to retell your story to you truly. Like, I want you to see, like, your story through my, the lens of my heart for you. He's so thirsty for our hearts. And he's begging us for a drink from that well. Like, we look into the well. Think of that, a well. That we can look into the well of our hearts, and all we see in the bottom is this sludgy, muddy water. And like, Lord, you do not want to drink from my well. Like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, right? Someone down there, that holy person who does holy hours, you want to drink from their well. He's like, no, 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 you don't get it. There's, there's something deeper. You dig deeper. I'm looking for something deeper. There's, there's deeper, clean water in there. There's something beautiful in there. He's thirsting for it. From the cross, Jesus said, I thirst. I thirst. I don't simply thirst for, for water or wine. I don't thirst for merely human quenching of my mouth and my tongue. He is thirsty for our hearts. It's wild. That the God who needs nothing feels in his heart this pain, desire. He longs for us. Like he's parched for your heart, for your stories, for that engagement. And if we're not letting him drink from our hearts, we're robbing ourselves of the very intimacy that we most crave. So, friends, in this Mass, Jesus who thirsts for us comes to slake our thirst in the Eucharist, in the Word, in His presence, in His body, in His blood. 
And may you and I be vulnerable enough, like this woman, vulnerable enough, vulnerable enough to drink deeply. Amen.